Well, good morning, friends. How are we doing this morning? We're doing all right. Hey, let me look in the camera. Welcome everyone online. We love you guys hanging there on the other side of those lens. But hey, how many of you guys had a good Thanksgiving? Did you have a good Thanksgiving? All right, half of the people in this crowd, hopefully on the other side, had a little more energy than that. Hey, um, I'm just curious, how many of you went actually Black Friday shopping? Anyone there to admit it? Some of you did? All right, it was a little weird this year. Did you guys notice that? Like I went to a store at like 11 o'clock in the morning because I just had to grab a couple things, Uh, not anything Christmas-wise, but, uh, um, and I was like, wow, it's like normal. Like, there's not a ton of people like Black Friday normally is. It's like, good, in and out, good, see you later, everyone. And so I got in and out, did, did my thing. How many of you got Christmas decorations up now? Anyone? A few of you. How many of you are like, I ain't decorating for Christmas? All right, God bless your souls. All right. Um, hey, we're on part four of Holy Spirit. And I think, I, I, I was just realizing, my wife and I and our family have been here now five and a half years. Um, and I think this is the most important series I've ever done in five and a half years. Uh, not that the other series don't matter. Obviously, they do. I think this one has the most transform- transformative power that we've ever journeyed together. Um, are you guys enjoying the series so far? Yes, learning? I- I- I've-, I've enjoyed it. Um, let, me- let me give you a little detail, and then we're going to jump in, I promise. Uh, I normally know way out, like, series and my messages and, and all this stuff. This is a series I'm literally week to week. I- 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 I've told you before, I don't know when this is going to end. Uh, I wrote this message on Wednesday. That scares me for a guy that's way planned out. Next week, I think I know where we're going to go. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. All right. But it'll be good. Like, I- I'm enjoying that season. The Lord's just telling me that's what I'm to do, and okay, let's go type thing. But, um, but I love it. I- I've learned so much. And now, you know, one of the cool things about pastoring is we go on different hills, and we're on this hill, and we're going to eat from that grass for a little bit. Now we're going to go to this hill and eat from that grass. And we're just on the hill of Holy Spirit right now trying to understand the third person of the Trinity. And what does it look like? And that's where we are. Here's the foundational verse for our series as we jump into part four, is found in Acts chapter 19, and it reads this way. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at this city called Ephesus. Now again, this is where you get the letter to this church, First and Second Corinthians in your Bible. This is where you get the letter to this church in Ephesus. You got the letter in your Bible called Ephesians. There he found referring to Paul, some disciples, some followers of Jesus, and he's got a question for them. And he asks them this, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And that's where I think for a lot of us, that's just where we are. Like we're good with God and Jesus and that idea, but this other third of the Trinity, we kind of put an arm's length away. And we've just rejected the packaging of Holy Spirit. I don't think anyone in this room sits there and goes, I don't want a third of God. I think it's just the packaging idea that we've rejected. And we're going to be in this series, I think there's a calling to bring, bring clarity for us and understanding that, listen, we need the empowering of Holy Spirit in our lives. We need it. You have an enemy of your soul that's after you. To seek, kill, and destroy you. You have to understand that. And if we're going to be successful in this life, we need the empowering of Holy Spirit in us and on us in order to succeed at life. And I love what, 
Why? And I love this from the first week. We're not designed to run life without the power of Holy Spirit filling our lives. We need the filling of Holy Spirit in our lives. Again, because you have an enemy of your soul. And I love what Jesus says, his last words to his disciples, the 11 guys that were hanging out with him in the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You will receive, what's this word, friends? Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I don't know how many of us really, would anyone want to live an hour without the power that fuels them in life? And I think too many Christians, honestly, we're running on empty. We're running on our own strength. We're running on our own ability. And we are just getting tired of our faith. Our faith is stale. And I wonder, is it because we're not leaning into the power, the fuel source in life? Remember, God and Jesus are where? They're in heaven. Where's the Holy Spirit? Inside of you. Remember that. And if we're going to be successful in life, in other words, successful in life, what I mean by that is if we're going to live the life that Jesus Christ paid for, there is so much more for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's more. Turn to your other neighbor and say, there's definitely more for you, all right? Ah, <laughs> oh, you like that one. Here's a basic understanding that I got to get us before we jump into. I, I just love this. I love this teaching this morning. It's number one, just know this. At salvation, you are positioned in Jesus. That means the moment that you surrender your life to Jesus, you go all in. You are positioned with Jesus. You are made right with God. Hear me on this. When you follow Jesus, God does not see your sin. He sees his son, Jesus, on you. Know that. Know that. So many of us, all we do, we're really good at pointing out other people's sin. When God sees a follower of Jesus, he says, I see him clothed in righteousness and holiness. I see my spirit living inside of them. And we sit there and go, well, I saw what they did last night. I'm preaching and you are quiet this morning. So I'll slow down so we can catch up. Again, there's coffee out there. All you need is coffee and Holy Spirit. We're good. Those two things. All right, got a little laughter. Are you guys all right this morning? All right. It's awesome. If, if some of you go to first service there, I just time out for a minute. It's a completely different dynamic, first service and second service. It is. If you're, if you're always going to this service, I dare you to go to first service. It's a different dynamic. I, I, I can't explain it. I don't know what it is, but you guys, I need more from you, all right? Are we good? I just need a little bit more from you, all right? Because I want, mm. all right. You're positioned in Jesus. Remember, I, man, I, I work better with you, all right? Um, we're positioned in Jesus at salvation. We're made right with our heavenly Father, our creator. We're made right. And I think a lot of Christians, you're okay with that. But there's more. And we're missing the second portion. And that's, um, that's empowered by Holy Spirit. And we'll talk about the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit in two weeks. I I think two weeks, I'm not sure, but I think in two weeks. We're good here, but we're not here, and we're wondering why as Christians are we struggling with addiction still? We wonder with why as Christians are we still stumbling over the same sins that we had before because too many of us are empowered by the Holy Spirit. We're good, I got my ticket out of hell, right? I got eternal life, that's good, and we're okay with that. When we stay there, 
There's so much more for you, friends, so much more. And that's why we're doing this entire series on Holy Spirit, because there is more. And I'm journeying with you all, and I'm enjoying this journey together. Uh, do me a little favor before we really jump in. Um, if you have a neighbor or turn just to someone around you, say this. If God has a gift for me. All right, we're going to redo that. I, I messed first service up too. I didn't set you up for success. All right. Um, so I'm going to give you in chunks and then repeat the chunks. There you go. All right, ready? If God has a gift for me, then I want it. If God has a gift for you, I want you to have it. There we go. This morning, we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, I'm going to give you a disclaimer. I can't do all the gifts of the Spirit justice this morning. I don't have enough time to cover everything. It's impossible. But this morning, I want to give you a biblical overview and look at some of the purposes. Next week, I think... We're going to talk about the misunderstanding and abuse of some of those gifts that we've seen. And did you know we can abuse the gifts, you can also quench the Holy Spirit, and you can also grieve the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at those, what, what is that in our lives? Because I, I really think for a lot of Christians, we've quenched the Holy Spirit. We don't have the fire and the passion anymore. We've quenched Him. We've quenched him. We come into church and what we've made church is religious ob um, obligation and duty. That's what we've made service about. There's a quenching of the spirit that we need to not and knock it off and ignite again. Ignite again. So let me, here we go. At salvation, you were given a gift. The moment you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you are given a gift. And the very first gift is the Holy Spirit. This is given to you the moment that you surrender your life, what we call salvation. The moment you surrender yourself to Jesus, you get the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's in every single, inside of every single one of us. If you follow Jesus this morning, this gift is yours. You didn't earn it. It's a free gift. It's yours. Check out what, um, in the book of Acts, how many times Holy Spirit and gift are related. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Jesus was telling his disciples, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the what, friends? Gift, my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift to you upon salvation. Now, I think in two weeks we're going to cover what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. But it continues on after Peter gets up and tells the entire crowd after Pentecost, listen, you killed Jesus, and he gives them these directions in Acts chapter 2. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. That's salvation. Repent, turn. You were doing that, now turn this way. I'm going to tell you right now, I've been doing more study. Every time someone entered into salvation or faith, there was baptism. Please hear me. You need to get baptized if you have not been baptized. You see it all over Scripture. I am more convinced when we have a salvation message, we ought to have baptism immediately. You can ignore the rest of this conversation right now and go to theradiantlife.church. On the home page, they're signed up for baptism right now. We're going to have baptism January 24. We already have people signed up. Do it right now. Do it right now. You ought to be baptized. Jesus set that example. But then watch. And you will receive the what, friends? 
the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? So at salvation, there's the gift, Holy Spirit. And I love later on, Acts chapter 10 and Acts chapter 11, phenomenal things happen in those two chapters that completely change the course of church history. At this moment in church history, all they've been doing right now, these are Jews that have become believers in Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 10 is the very first time the Holy Spirit comes upon Gentiles. Now you have to understand what Gentiles are. You have two people groups in, during the time of Jesus. You had this group over here that were Jews. And everyone else that weren't, wasn't a Jew was a Gentile. So let me ask you a question. Are you a Jew? So, I mean, some of you literally, maybe, I, I, don't, I don't know. But if you are not Jewish, guess what we all are? We're Gentiles, right? Those are just the two people groups that they kind of lumped. Acts chapter 10, the Holy Spirit came upon the Jews at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 10 and 11 was finally the Holy Spirit came on the Gentiles. And all the disciples that were Jews were like, oh my goodness. God doesn't show favoritism. We thought he was all about us and the Jews in Israel. He's going to the Gentiles now. And all of a sudden, the message went to the whole world. All of a sudden. Remember in Acts chapter 2, who was there at Pentecost from all the nations? God-fearing Jews. Remember, there's a difference there. And here's what he says when this happened. This is Bible nerding. I love this. The circumcised believers, who were they? They were the Jews, right? Because that was one of the signs is they had to get circumcised. Have that conversation with your child later. Um, the circumcised believers who had come with Peter, watch this, because Peter, he's a Jew that followed Jesus. Now, we're amazed because, what is it? The gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. They're amazed. All of a sudden, the gift of Holy Spirit was there. And I love the way the uh, Passion uh, Translation says it. The Jewish brothers who had accompanied Peter, they were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on people who weren't Jews. And it was for everyone now, the Jews and the Gentiles, the rest of the world at salvation, you receive a gift and it's the Holy Spirit now, I love, remember Paul was going to the church in Ephesians and asked those disciples there in Ephesus, um, hey, have you heard about the Holy Spirit? And in his letter that he writes to the church, I love this part in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. When you believed, watch this, you were what, friends? You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. You were marked I want to be a church not only that's filled with the power and presence of God, I want to be a church marked by God. Amen, friends? I want to be a church that's marked by God when the world looks at us and says, well, there's something different about you. It says, yeah, I'm marked by the Holy Spirit. I have the presence of God. We may not get it all. We may not understand it all. But numerous times I pray every single morning, God, fill me. You've given me the gift of the Holy Spirit. Fill me this morning. Again, fill me this morning. Again, fill me this morning. I need more. Now, if you don't follow Jesus this morning, I'm going to encourage you, keep kicking the tires. Listen, your doubts and questions, God's shoulders are big enough to handle. Keep questioning. Keep kicking. Keep doing those things. And I want you to know your heavenly Father loves you no matter what you did last night. He loves you. He loves you. Followers of Jesus, 
You have this gift. We all have this gift, the same amount. We all have. There is one Holy Spirit. We all, if you follow Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. But here's the difference. For some of us, we've given more of ourselves the Holy Spirit than others. Hang on that. Because some of us are like, thanks for the gift. Thank you. I'm good. I got Holy Spirit. Good. Others of you, I want it all. And you're lifting that sucker up and they say, give me it all, Holy Spirit. I've surrendered more and more. That's the difference. That's the difference. The Holy Spirit is a gift. But there's something awesome. When you open the gift, and I like gifts, (laughs) there's another gift. And it's a good gift. Because now the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives you a spiritual gift. And it's good. And it's not a re-gift that some of you are going to do in a couple weeks. (laughs) Or a white elephant gift. Whatever your thing is, okay. This is a good gift. It's a good gift. It's given to you. It's given to you. And the Holy Spirit gives you the best gifts. Check this out. This is where we're going to land the plane today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, a spiritual gift. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 reads this. Now about the what, friends? Gifts of the Spirit. Notice the language change. All before, we were talking about the gift of the Spirit or the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now it's the gifts of the Spirit. Okay? There's a change here. Brothers and sisters, I don't want any of you to be uninformed. If I'm honest, I think within the church and not just in America, in the globe, we've done a horrible job informing people about this other gift. We're uninformed. We didn't even realize there was another gift. And he goes in verse 4, now he says this, there are different kinds of what, friends? Gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. So the Holy Spirit gets to decide what gift is yours, but you all got it. If you follow Jesus, you get a second gift. It's the spiritual gift. Do you all have it? Turn to your neighbor and say, you may have it. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I know you got it. (laughs) We got it though. It's a spiritual gift. It's not done. Verse 7. Check this out. Verse 7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can what, friends? So we can help each other. A spiritual gift is not given to you so we can become a weird church. That's not what it says. It says this gift is given to you so you can help each other. And here's what I love. We're going to have fun in a moment. This is what I love. You know what this word gift is? Of course you do because we all like gifts. It's the word gift or gifts. But it was written in Hebrew in the original language. Or I'm sorry, Greek. The New Testament's written in Greek. And here's the Greek word for gifts. It is charisma. Right? We throw that language around, don't we? Ah, he or she, they got charisma. What does that mean? They got personality or whatever. Here's what it means. The literal translation of this Greek word means this. A gift of grace. Hang in there. This first word, charis, means grace. Anytime you see the grace of God, it's charis. Ma, gift. It's a grace gift. It's a favor with which one receives without any merit on his own. Listen, you can do nothing to earn it. It's given to you. It's given to you. But we have a choice. Do we open it? Do we use it? What I love about this term is that 
You know, for some of us, we, if you know anything about churches or anything like that, there's, there's two words that may, may frighten some people, Pentecostal and charismatic. Listen, what's the spiritual gift? Charisma. Every follower of Jesus has one. Listen, you are charismatic. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, you're charismatic. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you're just weird. <laughs> hey, you all got it. We thought charismatic was some weird thing. No, you all have it. It just means you're using your spiritual gifts. You have it. It's been deposited in you. It's a spiritual gift. It's a good gift. And I love what, how the message translation um, or paraphrase actually does verse 7. It's pretty cool. It says, each person, every follower of Jesus, you're giving something to do. That shows who God is. Listen, don't sit on the church sidelines. Get in the game. Stop being contributor or um, consumers and start being contributors. Every person has given something to do that shows who God is. The American church has too many consumers in it. Too many consumers. We need to be contributors. Everyone, look at this, everyone gets on it. Everyone benefits. It's for all of us. And then now Paul is going to go through a list of nine, at least nine of these charismas, the charismatic gifting. He's going to go through nine. And again, we don't have all time, but a lot of biblical scholars will somewhere say there's about 27 of these. 27. I can't go through 27 this morning, but we'll go through a couple, okay? We'll finish, because remember, he's writing to the church in Corinth, and now he's going to, because listen, they were abusing the gifts. This is why he needs to explain some things. Here we go. To one is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. I'm going to pause there for a moment. I truly believe that the gift of healing is still in operation today. If you are sick, or your son and daughter was sick, would you not try to sit there and say, God, I want healing. You want it. This is what I love First Wednesdays. We have prayer people that are down front ready to anoint you with oil. Does the oil, is the oil magical? No, it's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. That's what oil is. But we're called to anoint people in oil, with oil. And James, the half-brother of Jesus, tells us that for healing. I don't know how many of us actually have that gift, but by golly, if I need it, I'm asking you, please, God, heal me. And I'm going to go to someone who may have the gift of healing. We've had people that come and say, I've got bad report from the doctor. I go in that there's bumps or lumps on the, on the scan, and we pray over them. And in that week, they come back and says, the doctor doesn't see anything. I truly believe in the gift of healing. And it's a good gift. Why are we so afraid of this? This is good. Why does God heal, hum, um, heal some and not others? I, I, I don't know. But by golly, if there's an incident, I'm going to someone with the gift of, heal, of, of spiritual healing. I want that gift, and please, God, release this gift on my family. I want it. The gifts continue on in verse 9 or verse 10. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy, which we'll talk next week. 
This has been abused and thrown around in all sorts of wrong ways. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. And then he continues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Every follower of Jesus, you have at least one of these in your life. You have one. Now, can you have more? Yeah, I believe you can have more. I also believe that these gifts can change. Why? Because it's as the Holy Spirit decides and distributes them to you. You could need this gift for this season that you're in. Maybe it's the gift of faith. And you're sitting there going, I don't know how I'm surviving right now, but I have the gift of faith and I, it's, just, it's just awesome. My world should be crumbling and it feels like it, but I don't get it. I'm exercising this gift of faith. It's incredible. But a year later, you may need this gift over here. And the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to take that gift that served you and served others. And I'm going to give you this gift for this moment. Does that make sense, friends? Your gift can change, but there are gifts that I think that God has given us that don't change either. It can happen. And he continues on. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all giving, given the one spirit to what? To drink. Can I say this? Before... You pursue your spiritual gift, your charisma. You need to drink from the first gift, which is the Holy Spirit. This will be secondary to this gift. Every day, all day. But I think for a lot of us, we just want to know, what about this? What about this, right? What is, what is this? How about get to know this one? Because you intimately get to know this one, this one will make sense. Right? Right? So, briefly, he lists nine. I'm going to list them again and give them categories real quick for us. Here are three that he listed. Knowledge, wisdom, and discerning of spirits. Uh, these would be classified as the discerning gifts. Um, word of knowledge. I, I pray for a word of knowledge every single morning for someone. I, I experienced this in a couple ways. Or the gift of wisdom. I, I, mean, I pray. But word of knowledge. This is, it's, it, Jesus played this out in Luke chapter 4. The Samaritan woman at the well, he's having a great conversation with her. I don't know if she thinks it's great, but Jesus must think it's awesome. And in the moment, he says, hey, by the way, go get your husband. And she's like, I don't have one. And he says, you're right, because you've had five. That's a word of knowledge. How did God know? Yes, because he's God. Or how did Jesus know? Yes, he's God. But he also works in the gifting of the Holy Spirit that's on him. Here, here's, I was on a run um, probably back in the spring, I was on one of my runs. And um, I'm weird. I listen to podcasts when I run and not music, right? Some of you are like, I need that. And you're like, yeah, right? Not me. I'm like, nerd out, baby, Bible knowledge, here we go, right? And I'm on my run. And I, I can tell you exactly where I was, where, where I was at on my run when a word of knowledge came to me. I knew I had to have a conversation with someone, and I was like, no, this is weird. Like, if I'm wrong about this, like, I'm going to look like a fool, right? I, I, and I postponed a little bit, and I finally got enough courage to say, okay, let's have this conversation. Had this conversation with this individual, and I said something, what was believed to be, to me, a word of knowledge, and tears start running. <laughs> 
And I remember sitting there going, oh, thank God I got this right. <laughs> thank you for stepping into that courage. My wife and I were hanging out with a bunch of pastors and their, and their wives in Madison, just outside of Madison, Wisconsin. And we were having a time of, it was just a great time of like worship. They threw on some worship music. We we're going to have a time of prayer together. And it's our bunch of pastors that I kind of hang out with and my boss and, um, our spouses were there on that trip. It was, it was a good time. And, and this um, brother and sister came to the house that we were staying at, and they wanted to have a, a prophetic prayer time. And I'll, I'll talk about that next week. But they were praying over all the pastors and their spouses while we're listening to worship music. And in the moment, I'm like, all right, this is going to be good. But they kept passing us up. And I started getting mad. I'm like, come on, God, I want this prayer. Like, why are they not going to my wife and I yet? And I'm like, I'm done. I'm not worshiping anymore. This is junk, <laughs> right? Like, I'm just done. I started throwing a little self-pity party. I was like, this is not fair. Like, how come all these other pastors are getting this beautiful prayer time and not my wife and I? And so, all right, Lord, teach me patience. I'm like, wow, oh, of all things, why patience? Like, teach me something else. And uh, finally, the, hus um, the brother and sister, they come to my wife and I. And uh, just is like, can I pray for you guys? And yeah, and my wife and I were holding hands and they're laying hands on us. And um, there were things that were said in that prayer that was a direct deposit from God, words of knowledge that only God knew about my wife and I. I didn't know this guy from Adam, never met him. And I guarantee you, my boss didn't feed inside information before he got there because my boss doesn't even know that. And I just start crying, because I'm like, I know this is from God. He had, he exercised the gift. He says, God, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say to this couple? And it was beautiful. I start bawling my eyes out, and I'm crying, and my former lead pastor that I worked under for five years was there, and afterwards, I'm like, all right, you know, I threw myself pity party. Sorry, God, right? This was awesome. And he goes, man, Ryan, you were crying over there. And I was like, I know. And he's like, man, I figured the Holy Spirit revealed like a ton of your sins, right? And I'm like, no, it wasn't like that. Like, it was so gentle. It was awesome. Like, it was, it was healing for us and things of encouragement for my wife and I. But these are discerning gifts, uh, discerning the spirits. That's the difference between knowing there's something good or something evil here, right? Um, Peter in, in Acts chapter 16 exercises this gift. There's a young girl following them around and they're sitting there walking around saying, oh, they're teaching about Jesus, the Messiah, the one who saves. And it sounds good from her mouth, but Peter discerned something. There's something evil about this girl. And he cast a demon out of her. He noticed that even though she was saying the right things, he said there's something wrong with her. He knew something. It's discerning of spirits. It's a good gift. I don't get how it works. I don't have that gift. I know some of you do. I don't have that gift. Some of you do. Discerning. Here's, here's three other ones that he mentions. Uh, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this right now, but these are considered the declarative gifts. Next week, I'll spend probably a lot of time here because this is where a lot of the abuse, what I would say, or the misinterpretation of these things come in. I will say this, anytime you hear the word prophecy, listen, 80% of the time it's used in scripture, it means foretelling. It's an encouragement to someone. Only 20% of the time is it ever used of 
or foretelling, which means future. But you know what, how we've used this over and over? Tell the future, tell the future, tell the future. No, it's to encourage someone. Listen, God's, God's got an encouragement for you right now. I pray for prophecy every morning. God, how can I encourage someone? Give me something that I can speak into someone's life that I have no idea and I know it's from you. Declarative gifts. Here's the three other. Faith, healing, and miracles. These would be the dynamic gifts. Faith. Some of you, I've already said, some of you, you've, you've exercised that gift of faith to get through hell on earth and get through that moment that was tough for you and you exercised it. It's a gift. It's healing and miracles. So here's the list of all nine that he's writing to the church in Corinth. Now, what I need you to do in this moment. There's positional gifts, and positional gifts um, are in Ephesians chapter 4. I'm not going to go over all of them. Ephesians chapter 4, there's five positional gifts. Prophet, what do you think a prophet does? Brings forth the encouragement of who God is, right? I want you to know that. There's prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelism, and help me out, apostle. Thank you. Those five are positional gifts. You can read them. Listen, some of you are a better pastor than I am. You are better at pastoring this couple, shepherding this couple or this family than I ever will be. You're better positionally. God has gifted you to be a better pastor than I am in that area. But God has positioned me to be a better communicator and teacher than you. We need each other. Does this make sense, friends? We need each other in it. This is why Paul, who's writing this, writes to little Timothy and says, hey, remember your role as the pastor. Equip the saints, equip the people to do the ministry. You guys are the ones doing the ministry. And the where we've got it wrong in church is why we've hired the pastors to do the work. Wrong. It's wrong. I'm called to equip you with your gift to do ministry. That is my calling and always will be, first and foremost. Now, what you do with your gift I hope to equip you and empower you, only Holy Spirit can, to go use this gift to make a difference now in this world for Jesus Christ. That's the way it's to work. But we got it a little bit backwards. Here we go. I know, I'm having fun. I don't know if you are. I'm having fun. And the Lions don't play today, right? They've already fired their coach and GM, so we're good. <laughs> Romans chapter 12 is another list of, of, of gifts. We have different, what friends? You have different charisma, different charismatic gifting according, watch this, to the grace given to each of us. You see how Paul realizes that this gift is a grace gift. It's the grace of God giving it to his children. It's a gift. And here it goes. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is in serving, then go and serve. If it's in teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's in giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully, right? And some of you are way better at those things than I will ever be, and it's okay. All of our giftings are different, but it's to help each other and to get the message of Jesus Christ to this world. Don't envy someone else's gift. Develop your own gift. I, I, th I think I have the gift of teaching. Maybe? Thank you. <laughs> don't, some of you, don't envy this gift. Because you will never have that gift, but your gift is giving. Oh, develop that gift, and you will be blessed. 
So here we go. Here's another list of just on this side now. Administration, serving, teaching, exhortation. That just means encouragement. Some of you are so, I'm going to tell you what, some of you guys are the best encouragers ever. You mean a lot to me when I get that random email or that random letter. It means so much to my soul. You know why it means more? Because I am not gifted in encouragement. I've already apologized to our Radiant Life team. I said, guys, I'm just not good at this. I'm going to try my best. I talked to my boss. How can I encourage them better? And he gave me some things to do. It's just not in my wheelhouse. I don't have that gifting, but some of you do. You're awesome. Giving, leadership, mercy. My wife is so high on mercy. I'm not. I'm not. I'm like, oh, you screwed up. Well, that was your fault. Next person, here we go, right? That's wrong. I told you, some of you are a better pastor than I am. That's wrong. I don't give up on people. She just has a higher, that gifting is amazing in her. God didn't give me that gift. God did not give me that. Hospitality. Some of you are the best host. You, listen, you host the best dinners at your house. You're incredible. I think, I think if you had the gift of hospitality, you ought to open your home to, to lead a life group. Or at least open your home to it because that life group will be amazing because you have the gift of hospitality. And it will be awesome. And then evangelism, we don't have all that time. But in September 13, 2004, something happened that changed America. It was the Oprah Winfrey show. (laughs) September 2004 on the Oprah Winfrey show, she told her entire audience that she is giving away 11 Pontiac G6s, right? These things aren't even around anymore. (laughs) But she's going to give away 11. And of course, there's all ladies in the crowd like, ah, yeah, yeah, G6! And Oprah's like, G6, right? Getting the crowd pumped up a little bit, and these women are going crazy. And she says, listen, it's not under your seat. It's not. The ladies are going to come out and give you a little gift box. And all these ladies come out, and they're on these little silver trays, and they got little gift box. And Oprah's sitting there going, but don't shake the box. Don't shake it. Don't open it. We'll do it together type of thing. And she's going, G6, 11 of you will get G6. And they're just, they're losing their mind, right? Because you went to the show, you're like, oh, I could get a car. This is going to be awesome, right? And all the ladies distributed those little cute little boxes. She's like, don't shake it. Don't shake it. Don't shake it. Don't shake it. Don't open it. We're going to open it together, okay? And on the count of three, we're going to open it. Are you ready? Don't shake it. One, two, three. And they opened up their gift. And it was like Pentecost at the Oprah Winfrey show. These ladies are going nuts. Like, ah, ah, everyone. She's like, everyone gets a G6. And then she goes, and you get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car. Everyone gets a car. But I got something better. You get a gift, and 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 this gift doesn't depreciate as you use it. And you get a gift, and you get a gift, and you get a gift. We all get a gift that's better than anything that Oprah Winfrey can give us. You get it. And you have to understand, every believer has a gift and a responsibility to use it. And I want to promise you on this stage that Radiant Life will develop a program that we will go deep, deeper into understanding your purpose in life and your gifting. That's a promise from stage. We are going to tackle it in the new year. That you and I will develop this. 
And we'll have the responsibility to open up and see what's inside the box. What gifting, what charisma has God given you? I'm going to make that declaration to you on stage. We will develop that program for you. But hear me out. This gift is beautiful. And gifts are given to you. But they're not just for you. It's a beautiful thing to receive this gift, this charisma. Because remember what happened with the disciples at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Before that, Jesus breathed onto them the Holy Spirit, but they weren't filled yet. They had the Holy Spirit, but they weren't filled yet. And Pentecost came, and the Holy Spirit filled them and empowered them in a big way. And they received their gifts. And what happened? Remember the map if you were here last week? The nations of Pentecost. Because the main gift, the Holy Spirit, fell. They received their other gifts. And it spread to the whole entire world. Friends, oh, how I want you to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. To let us live into the fuel of life. I want you now to open up and be equipped because you have that gifting now. The Holy Spirit has given you that gift. Now let's be equipped and understand what that is and then let's be released to go change our workplace in our neighborhood and our community to let the world know how great our God is. So church, we're gonna close with this song. I'm gonna ask you to stand. Right now, go ahead, stand. If you're at home, I'm going to ask you, stand where you are. You're given a gift. And let's go tell the world how great our God is using our gift. Let's go shout it from the mountaintops. That God is good all the time. And all the time, God is what? Come on, church, let's sing. <laughs>